looking for a fresh encounter. Souls looking to the living God. I'm ready for a real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit. Come like a flood, like a If you would join me in prayer father we thank you that we can come together in this place this morning freely we're thankful lord that as individuals and as a church family we have the opportunity to worship you to give you praise to hear your word proclaimed and lord we're thankful that your holy spirit is here lord you indwell us we thank you for your indwelling power and presence and lord, we pray that today that you would give us understanding enlightenment Lord, I pray that you would give conviction and bring your conviction, and Lord, the ability to turn and repent. Lord, help us to hear from you today, and help us to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to welcome you to the service today. If you're visiting with us, thank you for joining us, and we encourage you to make yourselves at home. Uh, and before you leave today, we would encourage you to do a couple things. One is we would love uh, to do that digitally. Whatever is easiest for you, we would love to have a record of your visit and encourage you to pick up a guest bag at the table. Uh, one announcement before we begin our time together, and that is, uh, if you remember several weeks ago, our preschoolers uh, joined us, uh, walked across, and just a reminder that we have an extremely important ministry that happens every single week on Sunday morning while we're here in worship. 
We have individuals that, that are willing to serve in our nursery, our extended session ministry. And Lisa right now is in need of nine to ten adults that are willing to stay one Sunday a month. And uh, I think all of us assume, well, somebody else will do that or I've done my time. It doesn't matter. We need those that are willing to serve. So if you're willing to help one Sunday a month, if you would see myself, call the church office or see Lisa Powell, we would love to get you plugged into that ministry because that is so important. But right now, I want everybody to think about this. I want everybody to imagine that you've never been here before. So everybody's a guest today. Sometimes I think we have met people and then we feel bad about asking what their name is again. But right now, everybody has a chance to ask everybody else who they are, and you get a chance to introduce yourself. So everybody stand up. You're all visitors today, so introduce yourself to your neighbor and welcome one another to the service. If I could have your attention, if you'd be seated while I get my mic fixed, I'm going to ask Bryce and Kayla Lackey to come to the stage. We're going to dedicate Emma this morning to the Lord and her little brother Lane. Is this not the prettiest little girl you've ever seen? She is so beautiful. If you guys will come over here. Look how pretty. You want to show everybody Emma? Hey, Emma. You're pretty. Don't you love hair bows? They're beautiful. Yeah, bigger the bow, the better. That's the way it was in our life. So bigger the bow, the better. But I want to thank both of you. Uh, since Bryce and Caleb have been here, they've been, number one, they've been very faithful. Um, they serve in children's worship. They, they uh, serve in teen kids. So we're just so thankful for what you do. Uh, our church is better because you guys are here. I love you both. Love your families. And uh, I was honored to dedicate Lane. And this morning we're going to dedicate beautiful little Emma to the Lord. And I want to share this verse with you in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. The Bible says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So right there, the Bible says the best thing you can do for your children is, number one, of course, to love each other. But more importantly than that, to love the, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he says this, These commandments I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Bless you. And press, them on, and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And basically what the Lord is saying through Moses here is just take what you know about God and just give it to your children. And one aspect of that is coming to church, of course. And the other aspect of that is uh, being a great example for them, uh, if you will. But today you're going to make a covenant just like you did with Lane. And what you're saying in this covenant is, is that we're going to do our, the best we can to raise our child in the truths of the Christian faith. And I'll ask you this question to both of you in presenting Emma to the Lord. Do you promise through God's grace and the help of the church to teach your child the truths of the Christian faith? Do you also promise through prayer, word, and example to bring Emma up in the nurture, discipline, and instruction of the Lord? And as you know, uh, it takes a church to raise a child, if you will. And uh, many of you will have her in an extended session, Awana, when she goes up through student ministry um, and different aspects of the church. And I'd like to ask you as well, you're making a covenant as well with uh, Bryce and Kayla and Emma. Do you promise to provide spiritual instruction for Emma by giving of your time, talent, and resources to help her come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And do you promise to pray for Bryce and Kayla as they seek to raise Emma in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, would you respond by saying we do? Also, we have several things we want to give you this morning. Uh, we have a t-shirt, we have a certificate of this day, and let me show this. I like showing this at every uh, baby dedication. We have the Lamb's Book, which is good for, it's good for adults and children. It really explains the gospel well, and uh, I would encourage you to get a copy of one of these, but this is for you. And also, we have a Bible, okay, that we want to give to her. And then I have a letter, and just like I did for Lane, this is a letter for Emma, and what this letter states is that her parents loved her enough to dedicate her to the Lord, that we prayed for her today, and that the main thing we prayed for was her salvation. And she's to open this, whether she's 6, 16, 36. This is her letter from me, so I'll give that to you. And right now, we're going to pray for her salvation. If you will, join me in prayer. 
Father, as we come to you in prayer, I want to thank you for Bryce and Kayla. Lord, I want to thank you for their faithfulness to each other, to you, to this church. Lord, uh, I want to thank you that they thought enough of their daughter to bring her this morning to publicly pray for her. So, Lord, we pray for Emma's salvation first and foremost. Father, selfishly, we pray that you'd save her at an early age. And, Lord, we pray that you'd use her for your honor and for your glory. I pray that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted, that your kingdom would be expanded, Lord, because of her birth and salvation. And, Father, I pray for Bryce and Kayla that you meet every need that they have in raising them. And, Father, we, today we pray as a church for her salvation, and we want to thank you and praise you in advance. Lord, for the day you save her, and, Lord, for how you use her. And, Lord, we want to tell you that we love you today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. This time, as the choir leads us in song, stand with us, if you will.
Thank you. I'd like to read this section of scripture out of 2 Peter chapter 5. The Bible says this, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And that's talking about in the spiritual sense. And um, we'll be talking about that a little bit more in my, in my sermon. It says, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And then Peter says this, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And what Peter is basically saying here is this, in order to be honest in prayer, you must humble yourselves in your situation before the Lord. And during this prayer time, I would, I would ask you this, do you have a spiritual need? Only Jesus can help you with that spiritual need this morning. Do you need direction? Do you need forgiveness? As Christians, we should pray and ask for forgiveness. Do you, have, do you need help in your marriage? Just in your personal life, do you need a touch from God this morning? Do you have emotional needs this morning? Physical needs, okay? Do you know someone in this congregation or part of this body that maybe is not here that needs prayers from you, okay? This altar is open for you. I would encourage you to lift up Elaine Norton and her family in prayer. Her mom was, I think, 91 years old and prayed to be with Jesus. And God answered her prayer yesterday. Aren't you thankful for the hope that we have? But her family needs your prayers this morning. So as the praise team and the choir leads us in this, this time of praise, would you meet me here at this altar this morning? Let's humble ourselves before the Lord. Thank you. Father, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, there are many in this congregation this morning who just need your touch spiritually. Father, I'm so thankful that your word says that if we'll humble ourselves before you and ask in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, you hear us and you answer. And, Father, part of the humbling process is accepting whatever your answer is for our lives. Father, we have members of our congregation that need your direction, need direction from you for their lives. And Father, I pray that you would give it according to your will. Father, many of us in here today, Lord, need forgiveness. And I'm so thankful that you're faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. Father, some of us, Lord, just need a touch from you this morning. We need help and hope from your word. Father, many need your touch emotionally. Lord, I'm so thankful that you can do things that, Lord, um, Lord doctors and medicine can't, even though both of those things are very important. And Father, many in here need your touch physically. Maybe not just for ourselves, but for a loved one. Father, we're so thankful that you're the great physician. And Father, we pray that you'd answer prayers where medicine, there again, medicine and doctors can't. And Father, I'm so thankful that we can lift one another up. Lord, I pray for Elaine and her family. Father, I'm so thankful for the testimony of her mother, who at 91 years of old was longing to see Jesus. And Father, I pray for the, that family as they go to the funeral home. And Lord, I pray for the funeral that you would be honored and glorified. And Father, I pray that you continue to bless in this service. Lord, bless the songs that are sung. Lord, the offering that has already been taken. And Father, I pray that you'd bless the message and we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
be seated.
Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Acts chapter 6. We'll also look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 in just a, just a little while. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6. And if you will, stand with me. We're going to read through the first seven verses. We're going to talk this morning about the high calling of deacons. And this purpose this morning is at the end of service, we're going to ordain Matt Yelverton. And you're going to, you're going to hear from Matt here in just a moment. This is the first time since I've been here we've ordained on a, on a Sunday morning. But I'm going to talk a little bit about the character of a deacon, why we have deacons, and uh, different things like that. And then we're going to pray for Matt at the end. Notice what the Bible says. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we, we may appoint over the business. Now look at the word wisdom. That has nothing to do with your education. That means a person who knows God's word and knows life. This church is filled with wisdom, whether you're a deacon or not. I've, I've gained so much wisdom from you all. Uh, from from day-to-day interactions and from just being with you. So that word wisdom means something that you can't learn in a class, if you will. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Then the Bible goes on to say, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And literally what that means is when you lay your hands on a person to pray, you're saying, God, I agree with you that this person is qualified, and we believe this person can fulfill this ministry, if you will. So in a little while, the deacons, the ordained men, if you're, even if you're not an active deacon, we're going to ask you to come up. We're not going to ask you to pray out loud. We're just going to circle around Matt, lay our hands on him. That's what they did. We believe, Matt, you're a person that, that should be a deacon. That's what ordination means, basically, to us as Baptists. It said, because of all this, now notice what happens. This is, this is the ultimate goal of any church. Then the word of God spread, which means this, what you believe matters. As a matter of fact, it's life-changing, it's eternal. So the word of God in Jerusalem and in Israel spread about Jesus. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So this church that was started grew even more. And a great many of the priests, which is amazing, you take a Jewish priest, was obedient to the faith. So what we do here really, really matters. And I would say this, in a little while when I talk about the qualifications for a deacon, that should be for all of us. And that word deacon in Acts chapter 6 basically means servant. So the, the same thought would apply if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a volunteer for any ministry. All these things should apply to you. The office part may not, but the service part does. Okay? And at the end, when I talk about the, the person who's a deacon, how God honors that, I think he'll honor the same in your life as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I want to thank you personally for the many men I've served with who have served through the office of a deacon. Lord, I've been blessed by their ministry. I've been helped. I've been encouraged. Lord, I've been educated. Father, this is the first church I've ever pastored. And the only way I could do that is through the help of deacons. Lord, I think of all the decisions that have been made. It's amazing. And Lord, that's because you have encouraged men who not only had the character requirements, but Lord, so much wisdom. There's so much wisdom in this church. And Father, there, there's probably, Lord, a young man in this congregation this morning. And Lord, his next step here at the church, because he's saved and been baptized, is Lord, to, to be a deacon. And Father, we all should have these character qualities. Lord, this shouldn't be something that's unusual for us. It should be something that we strive for. Lord, not perfection, none of us are. But Lord, help us this morning. Lord, as Matt speaks in just a moment, I pray that you'd help him. And I want to thank you for he and Kayla and for their ministry here. And Father, if there's anyone here today that's never placed their faith and trust in you, that's what all this is about. Introducing men and women to Jesus. What a difference you make in our lives. So Father, we thank you and praise you today for what you do and are going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Once again, all of God's people said together, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So when we come to Acts chapter 1, notice you have a growing problem. Church started out on Pentecost. Peter preaches, and the Bible indicates about 3,000 Jews were saved that day, which is remarkable. And they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. From that point on, the Bible says that the church just grew and grew and grew to the point that many scholars think at this point in time of the church in Jerusalem, 20 to 50,000 men, women, and children were born again in Jesus' name, which is remarkable. There's never been a revival like that ever. I don't care what anybody says. There never has been. And because of that, certain things were not happening. Uh, one, one pastor said this. He said this. If you notice that word for murmuring, that doesn't mean that they were being mean about it necessarily. What they were saying is they're taking, really, they're, they're, they're not taking uh, part in this group of people, which were Hellenist Jews who come from other parts of the world. They're taking care of the Jews from Jerusalem and Israel. They're taking care of those widows. They're not taking care of ours. Now, I want to share something with you about about. What, the, what they describe as murmuring, probably it had gotten to that point. But think about this. If you have a problem, okay, here in the church, you have a right to have a problem, okay? Nothing wrong with that. Go to the person that can help you with your problem, right? That's what we do as adults. If you have an issue, I don't know anything about it, right? Well, see, the apostles didn't know anything about this, but there was murmuring going on. There was a problem. And see, Satan had tried to stop the church through persecution in Acts 4 and 5, and they couldn't. Through other things, and he couldn't. But guess what he was starting to divide the church over? Gossip and murmuring over a problem that really needed to be solved. Okay? There's nothing wrong with having a problem. There's nothing wrong with constructive criticism. Hey, deacons give me constructive criticism quite often. Is there anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. As long as your heart is right behind it. Okay? So, so listen, they were, they, the problem was real. And the apostles said this, our job really right now with the size of this church is to teach this church the Bible. That their only hope is, is knowing the faith. And what they were saying is, it's not that we don't want to do this. They were saying for us, the 12, our priority should be preaching. That 50,000 maybe. But they also said this, our priority should also be the people. Because they need help. And what they were saying is this. They had this dynamic. Are we just going to be a preaching church? Or are we going to be preaching and pastoral care like the Bible says we should be? And I would tell you, if you're a visitor and you're looking for a church, you should know what the church believes. The pastor should preach the Bible. The Sunday school teacher should preach the Bible. But if you have needs in your life, is that church going to try to, is that church going to, try to take care of you? Okay? I have, over the, my lifetime, officiated weddings for people in this community because their church didn't do that, all right? And I don't do that much anymore because I got enough to do myself. I have officiated funerals for people in Alexander County because people go to another church where that church just don't do that, right? There are churches, if you had a physical need, let's just say something tragic happened to you, and you had hospital. We had three major barbecues last, last year. We only do that for church members, right? We don't do that for the community. We do that for church members because we try to maximize the most that we can for you, okay? A lot of churches don't do that. So you got to ask yourself if you're visiting, do you want to be preached to and have a worship service or do you want to be taken care of and have both? That's, see, that's what the apostles were struggling with. Are we just going to preach the word? Now, the apostle said, that's what God's called us to do. But we also need to have pastoral care, and you can't do both. Just, just those 12 couldn't do both for 50,000 people. Okay? So they had an issue, and then the apostle said, look, we've got to choose men from among us who have these qualities, and then we're going to put them in place, and they're going to do that for us. That word, deacon, means uh, table waiter in that context. It also means to kick up dust, which means this, they were working hard. That was their desire was to serve, okay? It was their desire to serve. It's, it's like the people chose men, and then they okayed it, and then the Bible says they ordained them and said, 
go to work. All right? That's how a church functions properly. As the church left Jerusalem and Israel into the Greco-Roman world, they started churches in all these places. And then the Apostle Paul, in his wisdom, said, in order for this to work, we have to have staff, and we have to have deacons, and they have to meet certain qualifications. But if they're nominated, we want the church to vote on them. Notice, notice on this slide, here at East Tales, we have between 12 and 14 deacons. We have 13 right now. They serve two-year terms. This is not the Supreme Court, is it, Steve? It is not. Some churches, you, you, you get nominated to be a deacon, and you serve every year of your life. That's not that way here. Matt, this is your second year? First year. Sorry, first year. Where, where have I been? Okay, this is his first year, and he'll serve two years, and then he'll go off a year. He may or may not ever serve again. That's up to you, right? That's up to you. Some of these men will serve two years off a year, serve two years off a year, serve two years off a year. I love it. But also, if you're here and you're thinking about, should I be a deacon? Is that a lifetime commitment? You're always a deacon, but you're not always active, okay? You take one year off. Deacons here serve. We have a deacon family ministry plan. Each deacon gets between 12 to 30 families. They sent you a letter. It's up to you to respond back to them, especially since COVID. A lot of people don't want people in their homes. When I first went into ministry, if you had an issue, I could just show up at your house Monday night at 8 o'clock. Well, I'd get good and shot right now if I did that, right? And a lot of times you don't want somebody in your home. Nothing wrong with that. You're busy. Everybody's busy. Our schedules are different. So you need to call us, contact your deacon if you have an issue. Deacons govern here, right? Every decision that is made is either brought by a committee as a recommendation. The committees don't have necessarily the power, but they make the recommendations. It goes to the deacons, and guess where the deacons bring it? To you. So ultimately, every decision is not made by deacons. It is, it is, it is, it is sifted through by the deacons, and then it's brought to you, and you make the decision. The budget every year, budget and finance will meet. They'll have recommendations. They'll bring it to the deacons. They'll okay it and bring it to you. you got two weeks to look at it, talk about it, and then you vote on it. Right? Isn't that, the, isn't that a good way to work? Notice on the next slide. They're nominated by the church, so Matt was nominated by the church body, okay? Confirmed by the deacons, the deacons will meet and will say, does this person meet the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3, which I'll talk about in just a moment, okay? Then you vote on this person because you have the ultimate say. We're congregationally, we're deacon-governed but congregationally led. And then you're ordained by the church, which we'll see in just a moment. So what I like to do is if a deacon is nominated and he's voted on, I like for them to speak if they, can, if they want to. They don't have to, and Matt has graciously agreed to. I really appreciate he and Kayla. They teach the two-for-one Sunday school class, Young Mary class. Thank you so much for doing that. Just being a Sunday school teacher, can I say this, takes a tremendous amount of work and responsibility. So thank you so much for doing that. So I'm going to ask Matt to come, and I'm going to turn this over to him for just a moment, and then I'll come back up here and finish the sermon. Thank you very much. Morning. I'm Matt Yelverton. I'm uh, honored to be serving as one of the deacons here. I can tell you it's definitely not something that I take lightly. Um, you know, I'm just thinking earlier, I'm thankful for this church. And I think the most important thing you can ask for in a church is that it has good doctrine. And I'm thankful that when we come to East Taylorsville, we hear good doctrine. And thank you, Jamie, for being faithful to preaching the word. Uh, that's so important. But tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been coming here, well, me and Kayla, my wife, she was up here singing a little bit ago. We, uh, we got married a little over five and a half years ago, and I moved up to Taylorsville. Um, as you can tell by the way I talk, I'm not from around here. But uh, we, we moved, uh, I moved into Taylorsville and uh, started you know, coming here. This was my church home. We, we met at Gardner-Webb University, which is a little school just south of Shelby. Uh, and we dated there during our time in school. And so I, I've been probably coming here in some capacity now for 10 years, roughly. Um, and it's a great church. I'm really thankful for it. So Kayla's parents are Chris and Tracy Russell. Most of you probably know them or know who they are. Uh, my parents actually live in Florida now. Um, they moved down there a few years ago. I was actually born in Florida, moved up to North Carolina when I was four. I claim North Carolina as my home state, even though technically it's not. But I grew up in Weddington, which is a little uh, south of Charlotte and then uh, moved out of there when I, when I went over to Gardner-Webb. So just as far as, you know, my story, my, my testimony, 
I was, uh, I got saved when I was 19. Um, so I was in between freshman and sophomore years at Gardner-Webb. I, I played golf down there. And the reason I say that is it was a huge part in, in, in how I got saved. We were at a tournament. It was uh, at, a, at a course over in Western North Carolina. It was in November. It was our last tournament of the fall season. And it was the night before the tournament. We'd played our practice round that day. And uh, we went in, they had a dinner and like a little banquet there. And there was a man who was there from an organization called College Golf Fellowship, which I had heard of just kind of indirectly. It's a wonderful organization. And they actually partner with PGA Tour pros who, uh, who agree to host these um, retreats in their homes for college, college golfers. And so I'd heard about this, and I thought it would be super cool to go hang out with a PGA Tour player at his house. But uh, we, came, we came to that dinner, and he, he showed a promotional video on it. And honestly, I don't even remember a whole lot what he talked about. He may have talked about Jesus a little bit. I, I think he may have. But um, at the end of it, you know, everybody, every table had these little, little forms that you could fill out for your information. And, and, and I almost left um, without filling one out. And then I just felt this strong pull. That I, that I should, and so I did, and then I left, and I didn't get saved then. We, it's awesome. So uh, I signed up for it, and um, they sent me the itinerary of the, of the trip a little bit later, and I was irritated to see that uh, it was a lot of Bible stuff. It was, uh, I wanted to go play golf and hang out with Davis, right? Um, but no, we had a speaker there, and in the morning and in the evening, we had sessions, and then after the sessions, we had small group, and we got to play one round of golf. We were there for, I think, three nights. And we had a community service project. Like, seriously, this is, not, this is not what I signed up for. But, uh, but I went. I went. And, um, you know, I had the gospel preached to me, and I just never heard it like that before. I had no idea how it would get emotional up here. It didn't even cross my mind, except for earlier. But um, because of that weekend... I accepted Christ and I got saved. I just, I believed the message and I became a new person. And I'm thankful for the grace of God. He changed people. And, um, you know, I just wind up now, I'm, I'm, you know, honored to serve as a deacon here. It's not even... Anything that probably would have been even remotely on my radar when I was a younger person, um, but I'm, I'm thankful for it. It's a, it's a huge honor, and um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this. Just just going back, that when I was at that dinner, I almost left, almost left without filling out one of those forms. And there's gonna be a lot of people in heaven. There's gonna be a lot of people from different nations, from different languages. But there are not going to be any almost Christians, not one. And, um, you know, had I left, I mean, the Lord's sovereign, he, he still very well could have saved me in the way that he did. But, but I'm thankful that I filled out that card. And, uh, you know, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, this is Jesus talking. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And the wonderful thing is that he says that if anyone opens the door, right? But you have to open the door. He's not going to beat it down. And so I just ask the question, you know, is Jesus knocking on your heart this morning? Because if he is, just, just say yes to him. Wow, was that not a blessing? Matt, thank you. There, there's not going to be any almost Christians. You know, I was thinking about that when Matt was speaking. How many times I said at Millersville Baptist Church when the invitation was given, and almost, almost, almost gave my life to Jesus. Almost. But I'm thankful God, God had grace. So if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, during this, you can, okay? You don't got to come down to the altar to do that. You know, I didn't get saved in church. Our staff, Kevin, myself, Justin, any of these men right here can share Christ with you if you want to be born again, okay? 
That's what matters more than anything. Notice this verse on the screen. What, what kind of men do you look for? And I'm going to go through this very quickly. He says, likewise, deacons, look at the word must. It's imperative. Doesn't mean anybody's perfect. None of us are. You're sitting there going, well, I did this, and I, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Give your resume to Jesus. Don't give it to me. I've heard them all. I've heard worse than yours, right? God can use you. That's what I want you to know. Deacons should be reverent. You know what that means? That just means serious about the things of God. It doesn't mean, it, the word in some translations says grave, but it don't mean you've got one foot in church and one foot in the grave, okay? You can have a sense of humor, but it also means that when it comes to things, spiritually speaking, you're incredibly serious about it. You're not, you're not a goof off or a clown when it comes to things that are spiritual. It's like Peter said, and we're going to, in a few weeks, we're going to start a verse by verse through 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter the epistle, one of the great epistles ever written, okay? And this is what Peter said to, to the people he wrote to. He said, let your conduct among the Gentiles be honorable. Be a nice guy. Be somebody you want somebody to be around you. But when it comes to spiritual things, just be reverent with that. Be reverent. We should be reverent in our church services, right? Paul said, let all things be done decently in order. We should be reverent here. We should, we should be serious about things of God. Look, not double-tongued, and this is a word for all of us. That means that I don't, I don't say something to Greg and then go around and say something different to David Davis. Okay, As a deacon, oh, how important. You're going to vote on things, and you're going to make a decision, you, and you may say, well, I'm going to vote on this, but I'm not 100% in favor of it. What would be wrong, church, is this. If, if it's a unanimous decision in that room, but among the church family, you just complain about it and cause trouble about it. Don't be double-tongued. Be a man of integrity with your words. Uh, Jesus it says this in the Gospels. Let your yes be yes and your no be yes. No be no. If you're going to make a decision, you might not be 100% on board with it, but you know it's best for the church, then just go for it. Okay? I mean, we made a decision to let you vote or allow you to vote on whether you want to worship here or over there. Okay? It's not a unanimous decision. It's okay for a deacon to say, I'd rather be in the sanctuary. But it's not okay to say, they're bums. They're bums. They're over here in this building, they're bums, you know, and cause trouble. That is not spiritual at all. All right? One of the big issues in all our lives is we can be double-tongued. And then notice what he says here. Not given to the qualifiers much wine. Look at the word wine. Every time that's used in the Bible, that means fermented alcohol. Did I write the Bible? I didn't, okay? Every time in the Bible, that's what it means. They had cultural issues back then. They had all those different things. This is not a verse on abstinence at all. To say it is means that you don't believe the Bible, okay? What it does mean is this. You're not addicted to or not controlled by a substance, all right? That means you're not addicted to or controlled by a substance. That means that that's not your life. Case in point, if Paul was writing today, I'll put it in these terms, okay? We have so much good that comes out of medicine, right? Aren't you thankful that medicine can help? If you have an emotional illness, right, you should go see a doctor. If they prescribe you medicine, you should not feel bad about that at all, okay? You shouldn't. You, sh you should be thankful that we have those things. But I would caution you. I remember back in 2001, before I came here, I believe it was, yeah, it was. I was playing basketball with students on a Wednesday night and tore my meniscus, okay? Went and saw the doctor. He says, Jamie, you're going to have to have surgery. We're going to scope it. Well, I didn't know what that, what that meant to a point, but what they did was they put three holes in my knee. I felt like, and he told me, we'll give you pain meds. I said, I don't need pain meds. Dude, you know who I am? Well, when I woke up, right, the best sleep of my life, was being put to sleep, by the way. The lady in the recovery room woke me up. She says, you need to get up. I said, why? Why? I remember saying, why? Bring me a Diet Coke. Why? You know, this feels, I feel so good. And then by the time I got in the car on the way home, I said, did they cut my knee off? They put three little dots in my knee. It hurt so bad. The next day, I had, I think, two or three pills is all they gave me. He said, well, I'm going to give you two or three. And I said, okay. I remember this like it's yesterday. And I, I'm not saying this to make fun. That is the best I ever felt in my life. I've never, I've never since that day felt that good. I felt good. 
I mean, we were building our house, and I was sitting there playing PlayStation. Okay, I don't do that now. Feeling good watching people build my house, saying, go, guys. You guys get it done. Now, we built our house, right? But I had a bad bum knee. And I thought to myself, this is what I thought to myself. I could get used to this. I could really easily get used to this, okay? For me, it would have been wrong to try to go get more meds. It would have been wrong, see? And, and with my addictive personality, it would have been easy to make excuses to go back and get that. That's what it means. It's a heart issue. It's self-control. He's also not greedy for money. Do you know who counts money here? Deacons. You know the only place you can steal money in this church, the only place without somebody knowing about it, any of these guys will tell you, is in that counting room back there. It's the only place. Once it goes in that counting room and is deposited, there's no way you can take money here. There's, there's no way it can happen. I hear of these churches that have these 400, a million. I heard of a church in Houston, $2 million are stolen. Cannot happen here unless the deacons steal it. All right, y'all look at them. You know why? Because the way it's set up here, you cannot take money. And what he's saying is, if, if, if you're greedy for money, you have an opportunity. Think about d the distribution to the widows, how much money that would cost. You had to have honest men. Notice the next verse, and I'm going to hurry. Holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Matthew mentioned doctrine. Deacons need to know the word. You've got to know the Bible. See, when Paul left Ephesus, he got the elders together and he started crying. And he said, once I leave, false teaching is going to try to come in here. See, Paul knew as long as he was there, you can't touch it. Paul says, I, I just know it too good. So what he did was he put his doctrine into his people in leadership. So every epistle that is written is, refutes false doctrine. Isn't that amazing in the New Testament? Okay? That's why, that's why we do verse-by-verse verse preaching here. That's all that matters. My opinion does not really matter. To a point it does, but my convictions, that's not, in the, that's not in the Bible. I got my own convictions about things, okay? What matters is the Bible, okay? And deacons should know God's Word. A deacon should be able to take the Bible and help a young man or young woman come to know Jesus and be saved. Is that right? What if, tragically, all the staff left today? You know who's going to help you hire somebody that knows the Bible? Deacons. Okay? What if I started preaching heresy? What if I started preaching heresy? The deacons have a right to remove me. That's why if we ever invite somebody, a guest speaker, to preach, and they, if they ever do that, willing, knowingly or not, I don't ask them back. I don't ask them back because it's so important. Notice the next verse. The Bible goes on to say this, but let these also first be tested. You have to be a member of the church at least two years, and we want you to be saved for a while. That word testis means you're not a novice. You're not a young person who, who could go either way. Do you realize that in most evangelistic crusades and rallies, that five years after the decisions are made, about 25% maybe are in church? Maybe. Now, we don't want to put those 75% in leadership positions, right? Because they may come, they may be go. They may go. That's why, that's why you serve a two-year term, you're off a year, and you may not ever serve again. You may not. You're being tested, okay? And let them be found blameless, which means above reproach. Notice the next verse. The Bible says this, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, which just basically means this. Matt is who we're ordained this morning. He loves Kayla, and Matt is not texting any of you other women. Amen? All God's people said? He's not... If Matt has to come visit you in the hospital, ladies, you don't have to worry about him. If Matt has to do a home visit, ladies, and your husband's not there, and we try not to do that, but what if it would happen? You don't got to worry about Matt. Isn't that a blessing? See, Timothy, Paul was telling Timothy, your culture is so wicked, they don't even care about marriage. You better have men that love their wives. And, and it's a till death do us part thing with their wives. And then they rule their, look at the word children, okay? When your children are become adults, they're on their own, people. I mean, the Jews have a bar mitzvah when they're 12, saying you're responsible for yourself, okay? We just raised our kids to be 30 years old and still dependent on their parents. The Jews did not have that mindset. And what Paul is telling Timothy is this, 
have men who, when the children are in their home and they're responsible for them, they're bringing them up the right way. Just like Bryce and Kayla this morning. By the way, wouldn't Bryce make a good deacon? Just throwing that out there? Just throwing that out there? Okay, they rule their own houses well. Are they perfect? Are their kids perfect? No. Your kids have a will of their own. They're going to do whatever they want to. But you're at least trying to push them in the right direction. And then notice this. All the deacons, I want you to understand something. Whether you're active or not right now, this is what God says about your role as a deacon. Okay? You may never get an earthly reward or a pat on the back for being a deacon. But this is what God promises in his word. He says, for those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves, you've earned it, it says, a good standing, which means a pedestal, which means this, that for some people, men, spiritually speaking, they look at you. They do. I think about the people when I first got saved that I looked up to. Good, godly men and women. But we're talking about deacons today. Good, godly men who I said, Man, I'm going to be at church on Wednesday night. That guy's always there. I'm coming to church on Sunday morning. That guy's always there. I'm going to Sunday school. That guy's always there. I'm going to love my wife like he does because he's just a great example. From the community's perspective, but it also says in a great boldness in the faith, which means this. It means that you can go home at the end of the day and say, I've done all I can do, Jesus. I've done all I can do. There's peace there. There's assurance there. God, you've called me to this position. I said yes, and I did the best I could. And the greatest commendation you'll ever get is when you stand before Jesus one day, and Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So those of you that are deciding, should I ever be a deacon? Yes, you should. Be a man of character, a man of integrity. Uh, serve the church, be faithful. Have your character there, but serve as a deacon. We need you to serve. We need younger men to serve. We need men to serve. We need wisdom. You know, when, when COVID hit, I mean, these tellers were, we were the ones that sometimes that people would look at and ask what to do. We did the best we could with the wisdom we had, amen? We just did the best we could. Some got mad and left, and some got when we opened, some got mad and left when we closed. So I don't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do, did they? Met in the parking lot, came back, a bunch of people got COVID, and we shut her down. So I don't know what to do. It was just me and Caitlin and me and Kayla one Sunday, just us, and Kevin in the, in the sound room. We didn't know. And then he had COVID. So don't come out of the sound room till we leave, right? We didn't know what to do. We're just trying the best we could. We used the, our wisdom as best we could. And we said, just please be gracious with us. That's all you can do. And I would tell you this, the men I've served with here at East Taylor's Baptist Church, I would, I would follow their leadership. Sure would. I know, I know pastors in the past, and I've been in preachers' conferences where men just are honest about their church. And I would say if there was 10 in the room, two would say, I got a good relationship with our deacons, and I'd be one of them. Just so thankful. I like a man that can set me down and talk to me like a man and be honest. Okay? And, and I like men, and we'll often say this, we're going to do what's best for the church. We're going to try to do what's best for the church. And I would say this, if God took all your staff today, you're in really good hands here. All right? So I'm going to ask Matt if he will to come, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Beverly if you'll come and play. Matt, if you'll just stand right here. I'm going to ask all the ordained men if you'll come up and just gather around Matt. Whether you're, whether you're active now or not, it doesn't matter. If you're ordained, just come on up. We're not going to ask you to pray out loud. Chris, you come on up here to the pulpit mic. And as they're coming, I want to thank, uh, I just want to thank, I'm in a thankful mood this morning. I want to thank people like Beverly Elder, who serve in her position. Thank you so much, Bev. Love you. Thank Jill, Linda, uh, Sharon in the choir. Uh, just thank you so much for what you do. All right? So, men, you gather around Matt if you'll lay hands on him. And Chris Russell's our chairman of deacons now, and I'm going to ask him if he will to pray. And if he will, pray with us, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be here. Lord, what an honor. What a privilege it is to come before your throne. Uh, we're thankful for grace and mercy this morning. God, we're thankful for Matt. God, I'm, I love him. I appreciate him. I'm proud of him. Lord, I'm thankful he's in my family. God, I'm more thankful that he's going to serve you. 
He has a heart of commitment. Lord, a servant's heart. We're thankful for that. God, I lift him up this morning. Lord, all these men are up here with hands on him. Lord, I pray for their families. God, being a deacon's not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes it's not appreciated. Sometimes it's not thankful for. But, Lord, it is needed. And God, for what he's going to be and what you're going to make out of him. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. When I dismiss, I'm going to ask Matt and Caleb, if they will, to stand here at the front. Uh, but I just want to say this to you, that Kevin had a QR code last week. I don't know if you've seen that. It's in your bulletin. You can take a picture of that with your phone. If you, if you, if you want to know, any, there it is, anything about the church, if you're interested in church membership, the way we do a new members class or decide to have one is based on you wanting to be a member, okay? And we do those so sporadically, maybe three or four times a year, we don't want to miss anybody. I think our last class, we missed about five families that wanted to take the class. So if you're interested in that, we do that on a Sunday at 5 o'clock, okay, over there in the conference room. All I do is talk to you about how, how to join, and then I give you a tour of the church, okay? And then we set up a day for you to join if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine as well. If you're not a Christian, okay, if you're not a Christian, I know walking forward sometimes can be intimidating. I never walked forward in a church service before I got saved. I ever wouldn't do it. It just wasn't me. But I'd fill out a card to talk to somebody. So if you're interested in salvation or you're doubting your salvation, you can fill out your care card in your bulletin and just put it back there in that bo- one of those baskets. Or you can call me. Our numbers are in your bulletin. We'd love to talk to you about that, okay? And with that said, tonight we're on a regular schedule at 5 p.m. for my class. We're doing a David Jeremiah study. Uh, about the Olivet Discourse, which is Matthew 24. It's his newest study. David Jeremiah is excellent. Last three studies we've done with David Jeremiah have been good. On Sunday nights, we are video, more video-driven. On Wednesday nights, I've been uh, preaching through Judges, and that's what we'll be doing for probably the next seven, eight weeks, going through the book of Judges. Uh, so we want to invite you to those two things. If you're not a part of a Sunday school class, uh, I would encourage you to be a part of a Sunday school class. And if you need to know more about Sunday school classes, please contact me as well. So if you'll stand with me, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll be, be dismissed, okay? Matt and Kayla, if you will, come up here. I know you want to come by and uh, shake their hand and, and welcome Matt to, to be a, a member of our deacon board. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you in prayer, we want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I want to thank you for all the men and women in this church who serve. Father, some, some physically, for whatever reasons, families, they can't serve right now, but they've served in the past. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. And Lord, I pray that we'd never take people who serve for granted. Father, if there's anyone here today that's never placed their faith and trust in you, Father, I pray that you would save them today for your honor and for your glory. Father, I want to thank you for the men that I've served with. Encourage them. Father, I pray that they'd never take, think that we don't uh, care, but Lord, we do. And Father, sometimes it can be a thankless job, but Lord, I'm personally, I'm, I'm a better Christian and a, be, a lot better pastor because of the deacons here that I serve with. And Father, I want to thank you for Matt, for Kayla, for their faithfulness to you and to this church. And Lord, we just want to tell you that we love you today. And Father, help us share the good news of Jesus. As Matt said, Lord, there are no almost Christians in heaven. And Lord, help us to help people come to know you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And once again, all of God's people say together, amen. God bless you and you're dismissed.